Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome to another week. Thank you. Excited Mm -hmm. to be here. Yeah, we got a little kind of a a mashup of questions today. What are we mashing up? Lots of questions around contributions to retirement accounts yeah you know it seems like one of those very simple things but it's kind of not that simple when you actually start to see specific examples where well where it's not simple yeah so we'll look at that it gets complicated yeah and so we got a few questions today that are all kind of similar theme of iras am i eligible can i do this how does this work when i have a 401k or don't have a 401k and so instead of just telling how the rules work i think all these questions paint a nice picture of when they do and don't work or when you are or aren't eligible. Yeah. We'll just walk through it. Yep. Okay. So first questions from Don. Thanks for writing in Don. Thank you, Don. Um, finally, a podcast that goes beyond the basics of investing. Thank you for creating this show. You're welcome, uh-huh. Don. And to yeah, all the listeners, you. this is why we're here. Um, I'm wondering if I should open an IRA in addition to my 401k through work. My employer match in my 401k caps at 9,000. The only benefits I see to having an IRA is being able to direct the investments but we're happy with the options offered by our employers. We prefer investing in ETFs and have the majority in our of our money in S&P 500, diversified with some diversified globally and in small caps and mid cap funds. I'm 29, my husband's 32, both work corporate jobs and have a combined income of nearly 300,000 with an additional 100,000 in bonuses, stock and matching incentive pay. I've always operated of a mindset of a third savings, a third spending and a third taxes. We max out our 401ks, traditional, participate in employee purchase stock programs, have 529 plans for college funds. The rest of our assets are in taxable brokerage accounts. We'd like the flexibility to retire from our corporate jobs in our 50s. At some point, we we may want to open a small business. All right. Go, Don, go. Yeah, go, Don, go. Exactly. Uh, So her question is, and thank you for painting that picture for us, Don, is should I open an IRA in addition to my 401k through work? Yeah. So it seems like a simple enough question. Absolutely. And I just want to say like, congrats to you and your husband. You guys are doing awesome. If you're you're operating with the mindset a third, a third, and a third, and you're doing that, you're going to build wealth for yourself really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You're. I mean, when you factor out taxes, that's that's half of your take-home pay. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Congrats. Good. Um, Let's now talk about where you can save that. So you're doing the 401k. You like the investment options there, but you don't have full control like you would in an IRA where you can choose literally any investment in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not literally any investment, but a lot more investment options. Right. And you can fully control it. There's one issue though. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to be income. Yes. You make, you make too much. You you make too much. (laughs) Short answer. There are, um, there are different contribution limits, so I sh- not necessarily contribution limits, there's income limits. So we talk about with IRAs, you can contribute $6,000 per year if you're under 50 and 7000 if you're 50 or older. 
But the second thing you need to look at is what's your income and are you covered by a plan at work? And to be specific, we're saying for you to get a deduction on making a contribution to an IRA. So you get to say, hey, I made $6,000 contribution and I don't want to pay taxes on that on my on my tax return. Correct. So if, if Dawn is uh, covered by a 401k plan at work, which she is and her husband is too, what's the most that they could make as a joint couple and still contribute to a traditional IRA? To make, to make the full contribution to the IRAs and the 401ks, the maximum they're allowed to earn, this is taxable income after your deductions, $100,000. Right. So if taxable income is under $100,000, you can make that full IRA contribution and deduct the full amount. That starts to be phased out. And if you make over $129,000, you can't contribute anything to a traditional IRA and deduct it. And if you're between 100 and 129,000, you can do a, a partial amount. Right. And then if you're single, uh, if you make it's 68,000 is where you start not being able to make the full contribution. 78,000 is where you're fully unable to make that deduction. Right. So, you know, Don, the straight answer is, could you open an IRA? Yes. And that's kind of the, the interesting thing here is you can always open it and you can even always fund it. You just cannot deduct the contribution if your income is over those thresholds and if you're covered by a 401k plan through work, which kind of ties nicely into that backdoor Roth contribution that we right. talk about on this plan. Or this that as of, as of this recording, <laughs> yeah. which always check with your tax provider and double check the most recent rules because Congress is looking at changing things. And they're even looking at changing things dependent upon perhaps the amount of income that you make. Right. So be really careful about this. But as of right now, you and your husband, if uh, I'm, everything's as you're design- saying and everything's in 401ks and you don't have any IRAs anywhere else, um, you could start making $6,000 non-deductible IRA contributions for you both. And you could take those funds and convert them. And so long as you don't have funds in SEP IRAs or IRAs or rollover IRAs or anything that would have to deal with this thing we call the pro rata rule, you can just make that conversion and no taxes are owed. So you could potentially have that as an extra saving source for you that would let you invest in your own ETFs if you want to. Yeah, exactly. So so listen to the podcast that we've done on backdoor Roth conversions because there are some important things to know. And and the nice thing is going back to her question, yes, Don, you can put money into an IRA and invest it. Um, you can't deduct that contribution, but any growth on it, if you did an after-tax IRA contribution, which is what this would be because it's not a deductible IRA contribution, any growth is fully taxable. Mm-hmm. So Don's young, her husband's young. If that grows for years and years and years, that ends up being a lot of money that's coming out but is now fully taxable. Where if they had done the backdoor Roth conversion instead, and as soon as they made the after-tax IRA contribution, converted it to a Roth, now all the growth is completely tax-free and you don't have to worry about paying tax on it ever again, which is probably what we would recommend based on the information that we see should say we can never actually recommend anything. This is just for it's educational all purposes. educational so. and entertainment. But that's probably the first thing we might look at to see if that might be appropriate. To your point, with you can't always do those after-tax, those non-deductible IRA contributions and just invest them. Nothing wrong with that. And that actually might become an answer for clients as if actual Roths are closed for people because it's still more efficient than just investing in taxable mm-hmm. money. Right. You're you're just saying like, hey, I'm putting six grand away each year. I'm gonna let this grow. I'm gonna let it grow tax-free. In the future, I'm gonna take a withdrawal. That still can be a viable option if that's the only option you get to have. Mm -hmm. Um, however, you wanna be if you do that, you wanna be really careful that you're tracking 
your non-deductible contributions. Right. And the, the reason I'm going to tell you this is, at, I remember at my old firm, we had someone come in who knew they'd made non-deductible contributions, but couldn't track down when they made them. So they had to pay taxes on that money again, yeah, right? Because you have to start taking the required minimum distributions, right? And when you take required minimum distribution, they just go, you know, if 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 James has a, a ten grand in there, and he knows that six grand of it was pre-tax after-tax money, well, he only has to pay on the four grand that's gained, right? right. You've already paid taxes on the six, right? But if you don't keep track of that, mm, you're paying taxes. You're on paying taxes amount. on all of it, so just yeah. be careful with that. Yeah. Just as a, a word of caution. Yeah. Cool. So pretty straightforward there. Yeah. Um, thank you for that question, Don, and congratulations on the early success and, and what you're doing. That's great. So from there, we heard from Jessica. Do you want to read Jessica's? Yeah, I'll read Jessica's. Jessica says, hi, I have a 401k with my current employer. If I were to get a new job that also offers a 401k, should I roll my existing 401k or what at that time would be her old 401k into the new one with my new employer? Or should I roll my 401k into a Roth IRA and start a new 401k from scratch with my new employer? Someone told me this could be a good idea, but I have no clue about investing and such, so I'm not sure if this is a wise decision. Um, P.S. Please let me know if you include my answer on your show so I know when to listen. Will do, Jessica. We will shoot you a note. And if you're listening, well, you know we're including your uh, question on the show. So she's asking, if I leave jobs, what do I do with my 401k? Yeah, well, I mean... First things first, I always want to know from the, so one of the things is from an old 401k, you can leave it there if you want, but you want to know like, are they going to charge me to leave it here? What are the expenses of this plan? Are these good investment options? More and more as companies get better and better at um, uh, operating under the fiduciary rule, (laughs) it seems as though 401k plans are getting better. Mm -hmm. So it may turn out that it's okay just to simply leave it there. That's one option. Another option, of course, is to roll it to um, a 401k at the new company. Mm-hmm. The benefit of that is consolidation makes it simple to keep track of things, simplifies your life. Um, of course, you'd probably want to know, like, what are the costs of this fund company, these fund lineup and all the expenses compared to my old employer? Mm-hmm. If it's the same or better, and you can have a good diverse set of options, I don't see a reason not to move it to the new company. Yeah, I think um, if you look at leave, I'm assuming all this money is traditional for a second. So if this is all traditional 401k, whether you leave it at the old company, roll it to the new company 401k, or roll it over to a traditional IRA, it's all the exact same from a tax standpoint. Yeah. It really just comes down to where's the better options, control, and flexibility. Yeah. So you could argue that the IRA has more control and flexibility. Yes. But there's more impetus on you to be looking after it right those funds aren't going to invest themselves (laughs) we said no clue about investing and such so not sure if it's a wise decision so like right jessica for your point like if you don't really want to spend a lot of time focusing on how should i invest this money what should i do with it well having it land in an ira account traditional ira account if that's your 401k would roll over there and trying to figure out how to invest it you may not want to do that Mm -hmm. right or you might want to go listen to one of our old episodes and listen to things like you can invest from simple indexes to target date funds to a lot of different ways to do that now they're probably doing that for you inside your 401k as well and they're probably setting you up with a qualified investment choice based on your future retirement date so they're probably doing a lot of the work for you ahead of time to simplify this Agree. I think it's a lot harder to get it wrong inside of a 401k because by default, you're going to be in like a target date fund or some fund that matches your age to some extent. Yeah. 
you could certainly do better in an IRA where you have a lot more control and intentionality around that. But yeah. if you're more like, I just don't want to get it wrong, well, then leaving it in your old company's 401k or probably moving it to your new company's 401k just to keep it organized might make more sense. It just comes down to, do they have good investment options? What are the costs of it? Um, are there any, you know, may, that's really what it comes down to. And so for Jessica, I might say moving it to the new 401k might be where I would start. Yep. Um, but they're all the same. Yeah. Now, a flag went up for me a little bit. I don't know if it did for you. Yeah. With the Roth piece? Yeah. Yes. Talk about that flag. Yeah. Um, because now, and we don't know the answer because, you know, Jessica, we don't, you, you're, spe- you're trying to speak finance to us when you're writing it about the 401k and should I keep it at my 401k or should I roll it into a, a Roth IRA? Well, the things that I want to know before you make that choice, it kind of goes back early, to our earlier conversation with, um, with Don, uh, with, I think it, it was an earlier episode about, doing a Roth conversion. I think it was with Alex last episode, last episode. And so what I'm wanting to know is like, is all of this money already in a Roth 401k and you're just moving it to a Roth IRA? Well, that's very similar to all the stuff we've already talked about. There's no tax changes, no tax consequence, just a matter of control for you. Um, If you're looking at moving it from pre-tax 401k to a Roth IRA, that's called a Roth conversion. Mm -hmm. So now we're choosing to take, I'm just going to make up a number. You're going to have $100,000 in your 401k. You're going to convert it to your Roth. Well, you need to make the assumption that you just had $100,000 of income in that year. So you have to be able to pay the taxes on that. And ideally, you want to be paying those taxes out of taxable money, savings Mm -hmm. account money, money sitting in a taxable account Mm -hmm. somewhere else. You don't want it to be coming from this conversion itself. Mm -hmm. So I'd just be real careful about that. That that kind of raised a flag for me where I just want to know more. Yeah. I I think that was, um, cause I'll, I'm not sure Jessica, if you meant rule to your, from your 401k to your Roth IRA, you may just be meaning, should I move from my 401k to a regular IRA that I have control over? Totally. If that's the case, then I think, yeah, that's certainly an option. Like Scott's saying, if it's a traditional 401k balance where the money you put in, you got a tax deduction on, if you move that full amount into a Roth IRA, you do need to be very careful about that because it would trigger a taxable event and whatever the balance is, you're paying taxes on and that could be a, a not so fun tax bill to pay. Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah. So um, just- as a reminder, always consult your tax advisor slash go talk to your financial advisor. <laughs> go, mm-hmm. Always go double check and get advice. Get a second second set of hands on this before you move forward. And in my opinion, someone who's a fiduciary who can help you. Yeah. But I think bottom line, if you don't want to have to think about it too much, probably leave it in your old 401k or move it to the new one. If you want maximum control and you're, you're fine with managing or overseeing it, then an IRA probably makes the most sense. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, one more question. Yes, this one's friend. from Michelle. Hi, James and Scott. I got so excited when listening to your podcast about a Roth IRA oh, and open an account to put 6,000K away right away. After talking to my husband, I just realized that we don't qualify for it since he's a high income and we will fire our tax return jointly. How do I correct the over-contribution? Uh, both of us also do not have 401Ks. Uh, our employers don't provide them. We are not qualified for an HSA account since our plan does not have a high deductible plan. What options do we have to invest for retirement if we don't qualify in Roth IRA and have no 401k and HSA? Thank you so much. Well, I love the fact that um, 
one, that you're excited, Michelle. That's that's fun to hear. And two, that she took yes. action. You know, we already always talk about that. That's uh, what awesome. What is knowledge if you're not taking action? Now, I think Michelle's realizing, shoot, I did something that is good, but we, because of our income, um, are not actually allowed to do. So mm-hmm. first question is, how do I correct the over-contribution? I'm assuming that this was a contribution for 2021, just based upon when this question came in. If that 6000 went into a Roth IRA and it's just in cash, you have until April 15th to return that contribution and there's no penalties at all. Yeah. That 6000 just goes right back to you. No taxes, no penalties. And to be more, you're going to reach out to the custodian who you've worked with and you're going to do what's called the return of excess contribution. Correct. And the custodian will handle it for you. There's going to be a form they're going to have you sign. And the custodian's like a TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab or Fidelity or wherever you did this, they would have a form that you can sign to return that. If you don't return it by April 15th, which is tax filing deadline, then there is an excise tax. I believe it's 6% per year. Is it 6% or is it 8%? I think it's it's 6%. It's not a... So whatever the unreturned amount is, if you don't do it on time, you do get hit with a little bit of a penalty, but you should have plenty of time from the time you're hearing this episode until April 15th, Um, but just the principle in general to return that. Uh, One thing I said, as I said, if it's in cash, like if you put 6,000 in cash and then return it, no taxes, no penalties. If you put 6,000 in and you invested it and you invested it in, I don't know, Tesla stalker this year and it tripled in value and it's $18,000. Well, you will get your 6000 back tax-free, but the $12,000 of growth will be fully taxable when you have to pull that out. So you can correct it. It's not too difficult. Just reach out to your custodian and understand that growth will be taxable, but you get back what you put in. Mm-hmm. No penalty, no taxes. Yep. You can also just alert your um, accountant, if you guys have one that's helping you, just to make sure they're aware of what you're doing, because there'll be some... some uh tax filing perhaps to do if there's a gain to be to be looked at as well yeah and you're going to get a tax form even if there is no gain just saying you distributed funds from your retirement account but you yep. just have to let them know you just want to make sure a return of contribution not a actual withdrawal from uh from a roth yeah make sure it's all coded correctly yeah um, um so that's what to do with the the return of excess now that is dependent but then should we talk about Maybe what they could be doing. Let's talk about what they could be doing. So let's get that thing returned so that you don't get hit with any penalties if you don't return it in time. But from here on out, they don't have 401ks. They don't have HSAs. Where should they begin? Michelle and her husband when they think about saving for retirement. Yeah. So if, if, if none of you, if you, neither of you have uh, an employer sponsored plan, you can both make traditional IRA contributions. Exactly. Yeah, And I think this, people will say, well, Scott, James, you just said that Dawn had a high income and she can't contribute to an IRA. To a Roth IRA. to well, Or a deductible IRA. Oh, sorry, Dawn. to Dawn. Sorry, yeah. yes. We were just talking about Dawn. Yep, sorry. <laughs> Going you. back a couple questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm catching up. To Dawn, yeah. she and her husband had a high income and they couldn't contribute to a deductible traditional IRA. With Michelle- don't know the income, but it's too much to contribute to a Roth. So I'm going to say high income. Yep. Um, she can do a traditional IRA. And the difference is neither her nor her husband have access to a retirement plan through work. Right. Now, I actually just want to give the caveat that if, because this goes back to Michelle, you fixing your 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 um, Roth IRA contribution. If the combined household income is $204,000 or less, you can still make that Roth IRA contribution mm-hmm. for 2022. For 2022. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, for 2021, it'll be a slightly different number. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's 198 or something. I have it right here. Uh, let's see. For 2020. I think Sorry. it's 198. Yeah, 198,000 or less if you're married finally. 198. Jointly. Exactly. 198,000 for 2021. So if, you, if, we're, if we're under that, you actually don't need to correct anything. You're fine doing a Roth IRA contribution. Right. Um, but if you're above, then yes, that's where the over contribution comes into play. And the interesting thing is going back to the traditional IRA, you can deduct a traditional IRA contribution if you make any amount of money. You can make $10 million a year and still contribute and deduct a traditional IRA contribution if you don't have a 401k or a qualified retirement plan through work. So 403b, 457, um, any other plan like that. So that is a difference there, which I know can get confusing for people because it's like, well, when can I make an IRA contribution? When can't I? For Michelle, it would be fine. For Don earlier in this episode, it would not work. Yep. One other thing, I, I think we might have briefly touched upon this, but there's also a rule, if it's not already complicated enough, that if your spouse is covered by a 401k at work and you are not, then you have a separate contribution limit. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the fact that if you're married and if you have a 401k, if you make combined income of $100,000 or more, you start being phased out of your ability to make a deductible IRA contribution. If your income's lower than that, you can make a deductible IRA contribution. But if your income's lower than that, then you're probably wanting to look at a Roth IRA instead of a traditional IRA in most cases, I would think. But if you are married, you have combined income of north of $204,000 per year, and your spouse is covered by a 401k, then it limits your ability to make a traditional IRA deductible contribution, even if you're not covered by a 401k at work. Mm-hmm. So lots of numbers swirling around here. <laughs> I think the bottom line is probably check with your CPA, your financial advisor, Google. I mean, these are just kind of things that can be found pretty simply, but make sure that you understand what you can and can't do with those IRA contributions. But since not, but as our understanding of what you're saying, neither of you are participating in an employer plan. You Neither could, are. I'm making this more complicated by giving a second. You, uh, you could both contribute $6,000 to a traditional IRA. You could use that to help reduce your taxable income. That is something that you could be doing. Another thing that I'd be wondering about is if either of you are small business owners or you're a consultant and you have a different type of income, that's where like a SEP IRA or a solo 401k could also come into play to help you save more. Right. But it's all dependent upon your specific situation. Yeah. And, and the only... You're exactly right. And if if that's not the case, really the only retirement account that you have available to you is a traditional IRA. And then if you're wondering how else do we invest for retirement, well, you would just invest in a brokerage account. Taxable savings. Account. Out, it's not a technical retirement account. It's a taxable savings or taxable investment account, like Scott just said. No limits on how much you can put into that. It just doesn't have the same tax benefits that 401ks and other retirement plans have. But to just to touch on that a little bit for a second, so often we get so stuck on like, how do we drive down income? How do we save more to retirement accounts? The savings rate really matters. Where you save is also nice. We want to have funds in qualified retirement accounts where we get to defer taxes. But there's something to be said for just having money in liquid taxable investments. Liquid meaning it's a tra- taxable, like a brokerage account. I can go get that money tomorrow. There's no there's no penalty for me doing so. Mm-hmm. You can run those pretty efficiently mm-hmm. and you have the ability to use it at any time, which is lovely. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I would say don't don't let not having a 401k hold you up from saving for retirement. Anyone anywhere can always save as much as they want, as much as their income allows. The only thing that we're looking at on this episode is do you qualify for retirement plans or not? But yes, I think that's a good point is your savings rate is way more important than where you're actually saving it to. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, any other thoughts on this? No, we uh, we covered a few. Thanks so much for your questions. Please send them in. Um, we love helping you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Michelle, Jessica, Don, thank you for your questions and we will see you all next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.